Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the show where each week we find the best, the brightest, the strangest shows and films available to watch from your home in an ocean of streaming networks vying for your attention. We are your lighthouse, your beacons of broadcast, your curators of content. You're getting better and better at it every week, man. I was just born to it. From the mouth of babes. He has told you what the show is. Yeah. Now, now you know. Babes. <laughs> Soup to nuts. Yeah, baby. It wasn't bad on the Curators fly. Curators of content. <laughs> we really appreciate all of your support. Thank you for those of you that are tuning into the live stream. We'll get more on that here later. Uh, how are you, you guys been good? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Like you, we start the podcast and I immediately want to be like, thank you for calling the service desk. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've done nothing but work. I am six because of your Tourette's. I'm seven <laughs> hours into this work week. So it has Damn. been, I didn't know very, how very American. I did not know today was Saturday until about two hours ago. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, who cares anyway? It's cool. It's cool. It's just but, Saturday. We're not really super Gregorian around but, here. But so I, well, I already spent all the overtime money I'm making. I bought an electronic drum kit. <laughs> I showed Steve the drum kit earlier. It's a badass. It is a dope drum kit. It is yeah. super cool. You spent it in advance. Also very American. Yes, yeah, super American. Yeah. Going into debt. <laughs> I bitch about how poor I am, but I just spent a lot of money on a drum kit. So hey, YOLO. You can cry your financial tears away while you're drumming away downstairs. Dude, I'm justifying it. Like I play music a shitload. I have people yeah. over to play music literally every week and I can't have drummers over because you it's make like, the yeah, music break for the all show. your shit down. Yeah, exactly. And I can plug this thing into my computer and use the beats and stuff. That badass Lord of the Rings beat for the Patreon episode that happened through the computer. I can plug this drum kit into that computer and make those beats myself. Yeah. Oh my Homemade God. beats. He's beating it <laughs> for the show. For the show. <laughs> Steve, you had <laughs> a birthday. I did. It was yesterday. It was my birthday. How old are you? I am twenty. Wow, you look really Plus old. Fourteen. Are you looking forward to going to the bars? <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to get wasted. <laughs> no, I'm thirty-four. It was a pretty big week for me. Uh, not only was it my birthday, but your boy. Won some Emmys this week. And it's so amazing. I'm so proud of you. You heard it here third. You heard it. Steve. (laughs) Streaming things. Steve May 13 is the winner of multiple Emmy Awards. Yeah, baby. Damn it. That's what he's been doing. Yeah, me and the team at my workplace resolved. But it was uh, kind of funny because I don't know how this happened. So the the Emmys were happening last Sunday. And they they were being live streamed, obviously, because of pandemic reasons. They didn't have an actual event. They were live streaming everything. And for, I don't know why this happened, but they were tweeting me and the Resolve account. They're like, congratulations to Resolve and Steve. <laughs> and I saw that. And at, at first I thought it was weird. I'm like tweeting them back like, oh, thanks. Ohio Valley Emmys this is so great. But then like the next day I realized, oh no, my Twitter profile still lists me as the dick and balls of streaming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So... I'm very professional. Yeah. You'll, you'll be invited back. <laughs> Definitely. Well, speaking you can o- of professional and dick and balls, you need to ask Chris about his work story when we finish recording. Oh, no, okay. I'll, I'll tell it right now. Okay. Oh, okay. oh he said, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Caveat to the listeners. Uh, if you're listening to the show from not the first time, then you already know what you've gotten yourself into. But uh, to new listeners, there's a, we say dick and balls sometimes and other things as well. It's a rated R show. So I got this new job. So uh, frequent listeners would know that I, I, I quit my corporate job about two months ago. 
uh, in order to pursue my dreams. And then reality set in and I took the first job offer that was uh, offered to me <laughs> six it's weeks cool. later. It's cool. Uh, because, you know, podcasting and blogging for a living is very tough. It's very it's a very dog eat dog. And I have to constantly listen to motivational speeches about how late in life some people bloomed. So <laughs> just keep plucking away. So I took the job offer, but it was in a field that I care very much about, um, about uh, helping others find treatment from alcoholism and drug addiction and stuff like that. So that's why I took it. I was like, Hey, I can get with this. Plus the schedule is not very demanding. So I can still do stuff like this on a very regular basis. Any hoozle. I really enjoy the job, which is what makes this so funny. So uh, a couple of nights ago, I get a text from a dear friend of mine who is an asshole. And I don't know if you listeners at home have been <laughs> hit with this before, but it's something that, cause I've told this story to multiple people and they're like, no, that's never happened to me. And it's made me question my friend circles because it has happened to me multiple dozens of times in the past few years. Um, but essentially someone will send you an article or they'll send it to me rather. Uh, if they're very brazen and don't have a professional job, they'll even put it on their social media and it'll be something like governor Bashir has decreed that dine-in only restaurants are closed down due to pandemic or whatever salacious news that they can muster. And they'll include a link presumably to the article explaining more about that. And when you click it, it will be a picture of a very large naked man with a very large penis. Uh, so basically it's never happened to me before in my life. Really? No, I've, yeah. I've never heard of this. So LOL, the joke is, haha, you, that's a cock, you know, or whatever. <laughs> How it, often does this happen to you? It's happened to me at least a dozen. I might be exaggerating, but at least a dozen, a baker's dozen. And I would your, venture to say friends of your, <laughs> yours are sending this to you. Yeah. They'll send it to you and say, Hey, I 75 closed down and something that pertains to you is the only way to get it, you. It's like the finger circle game. You know what I mean? Like, haha, I got you. Yeah, kind of I guess. Um, it's yeah, it's very slightly homophobic, certainly homoerotic because it's definitely a huge cock. Um, but anyway, so what happened the other night is it's about eight o'clock at night and I received this text from my friend and it said, yeah, that exactly what I had said before that the governor was shutting down the state. Now the purview of my new position is that I go into other treatment centers, hospitals, things like that, and speak about my company or see what I can do to help get somebody placed or whatever it may be. And so something like that would pertain very much to my new job. It would mean that I couldn't do it. So I immediately, and this is where it's very important kids to read articles before you send them along. I immediately oh, copied no. and pasted and sent this to my boss. Oh no. Who, Chris. I, he's like a 60 year old woman. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes and so as soon as i sent it <laughs> as soon as i sent it i, I just had this feeling like kind of like when i should have clicked on that before i sent it away when when gandalf touches the ring do you know what i mean like that oh, it just that. flashed in my head you i would I'm, use uh, this for the power of yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i would use this me. cock to do good but through me you so a flash of a naked guy just as for a brief soon second. as i as soon as i you heard the iPhone like bloop, send noise. I was like, oh, it's probably that dick because <laughs> it has happened to me so many times. And I clicked it and this massive dong filled my screen. And just as the dread filled my body <laughs> and it was the dong of dread, in fact. And I was like, oh, and I dropped because I don't even really know this woman that well yet. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're like, what, the, week three? No, two, two? It's oh, the fuck. Friday of my second week at this new job that I now love very much. And I text my friend and oh, well, first I text her. And it's the only thing I could think of. All caps, of course. Do not open that. 
It's a virus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that she said I'm sorry. Because I figured she would open it, so I added right. the I'm sorry. <laughs> she Did she ever open it? it? Well, I assume so. So then I text my friend that sent it to me, and I said, hey, I think you just got me fired. And he said, what? And then he's like, you see the little ellipses. And he's like, did you send that to your boss? And I was like, yeah, it was an important article. It looked like <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, dude, what the? And I'm like, yeah, I know. So then I I'm now I'm like panicking. So I call her. She doesn't answer because she's looking at this cock. Probably she's busy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm just filled with this awful. And I've shit my pants like a bunch of times in elementary school and stuff. And so I should be used to severe embarrassment, but this is the most embarrassed by far I'd ever felt, at least in recent memory. And then you shit your pants. So then I, <laughs> so then I called my sponsor and he's laughing at me and uh, he's like, it's fine. She probably took that picture, you know, trying to make me feel better because <laughs> uh, he's an asshole. And then eventually she calls me back after a couple of minutes and she's kind of laughing, but she's also trying to like, God love her, save face for me. So she's like, so you don't want me to open that? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's a virus. <laughs> she's like, oh, it's a virus. Mm. And then she said, this is what makes me think she saw it for sure. Because she said something bizarre. She said, and remember, she's a little older. Did she say it's a penis? <laughs> <laughs> she said, she said, is this like when I told my dad not to Google how to play cornhole? And oh, I was like, God. sure. I don't know if that's a virus to you, but that's what that is. It'll. Destroy your phone. Did you, get, did you <laughs> Google go cornhole right after that? No. <laughs> she's like, okay, I'll delete it. Have a good night. It's fine. And I was like, okay. But it's just, it's terrible. I had to have lunch with her and a bunch of colleagues the next day. And I didn't bring it up, obviously. I'm just going to let it die. But yeah, so that, uh, to, to, to live your life, Chris, to live in fe constant fear of being sent news articles that could just be a dick. <laughs> and it really isn't a big deal to me, but I would say, you know, Twitter has that function that when you go to retweet an article, it'll say, would you like to read it first? Which I think is a very cool flex. That is cool. I'm like, whenever I do that, I'm like, damn, calling me out, Jack Dorsey. God damn. No, I would not like to read it. <laughs> That's good enough. I got time for that. The headline to, says it's just fine. I just want to spread this knowledge on people, you know, <laughs> act like I read it. But then... Now that's that's what can happen, boys and girls. It could always just be a dick, maybe. So you want to check that first yeah. before you send that to your colleagues or your boss or your mom and dad. So I learned my lesson and uh, will not be forwarding any articles without perusing first. I believe it is the greatest story ever told. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling my whole family about it last night. It was really? my sister's birthday last night as well. <laughs> and I had... Many hearty laughs at your expense last night. Did you show them the picture so I they did. had context? I sure did. Because <laughs> I think that really takes the cake. Yes, you've seen it. absolutely. It, it's we'll not just like a, it's not a medical photograph of a penis, right? This is a, uh, it's not even, a pornographer would think it was a large penis. It is a circus size schlong yeah. uh, and a very, it's like, uh, I can't describe it. It's like a WWE wrestler. But not like the big show, you know what I mean? Not like, we're not talking CM Punk or anything here. We're talking no Shawn Michaels. It's, we're talking like Derek Lewis from the <laughs> UFC. If anybody, knows I don't that know. Is. Okay, that is. But yeah, 
I assume a large man who apparently now has a, a large beer bellied. Black man. <laughs> yes. So it is, uh, it has been, uh, an interesting week for me as well. My birthday is coming up. Yeah, it so is. So I didn't know that Steve and I were birthday bros. We so are. Mine's August 27th. If you want to tweet at me, anybody, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so we're celebrating here on streaming things, but anyway, enough about dicks and whatnots. Uh, we would like to thank the producers of our show. Everyone supporting us on patreon.com slash streaming things and shout out to Phil, Carmelita, Phil, Carmelita, Carrie, Carrie, and Enza. Enza. We are so grateful for you trying to help us do what we love to do and kind of keep the lights on here. There's a lot of overhead that goes into keeping the RSS feeds going. And, you know, we pay the, the graphic designers. Andy, thank God, writes the music. We couldn't afford that. But there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And honestly, we can't continue to do it forever without income of some kind. So we really appreciate that. It means the world to us. And the Patreon is brand new. And we appreciate you. Uh, what is it called? Early adopters. Yes. Yeah. Jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, this is the Mount Rushmore of Patreon adopters right now. Yeah. <laughs> DVD. If we get enough money, Patreon. we will have a a a bust carved from rock. <laughs> yes. Of Phil Carmelita, Carrie, and Enza. Uh, but if listeners who haven't joined that bandwagon yet, please do consider it. Go to patreon.com slash streaming things. There are multiple tiers and ways to support us. The $5 tier and above will get you access to extra content uh, that we dropped a free episode, a free version of that mm-hmm. um, of and, us breaking down Fellowship of the Ring. And next week we'll be dropping uh, Lord of the Rings, the two towers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just for those Patreon members at $5 and above. So consider that yeah. if you have the means. Check out the episode before that. See if it's your thing. And and then if you want to hear the two towers and the return of the king and then much more after that, consider subscribing. Um, we very much appreciate it. But we understand it's a strange time in the world, financially speaking, for most people. And uh, sometimes always is. So if you can't financially support us, no hard feelings whatsoever. There's a way you can support us for free. You can go to wherever you're listening to this, be it YouTube, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it is. And leave a uh, rating and a review for our show so other people can find it in the algorithms. You yeah. know, tell your friends and family about it. Share it on your social media. Hey, this show's great. If you like movies and TV, they talk about dicks sometimes. But if you can get past that, it's really fun. Um, that would be Worth wonderful it. as well. Worth it. We're trying out this new thing, too, where we're live streaming. So right now we are actually live on www.twitch.tv slash streaming things pod. We're live, pal. So if you ever want to see us in action, our faces, whatever, yeah. what kind of shirts we're wearing, get a little taste of the show and then come back and yeah. listen to the audio version later. Our, or streaming, even- our streaming schedule is a little up in the air currently, but hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to hammer it down and be more consistent with when we do that. Yeah, but- typically it's on Saturday evenings um, at some point between six and nine. Giggity. Um, so... Yeah. And it's also a good way where you can contribute. You could actually submit a question or, you know, make a comment live and Andy monitors it closely. And we might be able to kind of expound upon something that we would have left otherwise unexplored. Follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet out before we go live. We didn't tonight, but I did. Oh, did we did? did. Okay, cool. Yeah, that way. And also our Twitter, we haven't really monitored that very much in the past, except for our personal ones. So it's, you know, there's like 50 followers on there, but we're trying to pay attention to it. So, yeah, follow us uh, at Twitter dot com slash stream thing pod i believe stream it is or just pod. search streaming things in the twitter box and uh you'll find us there also Keep the lights on baby you can email us if you'd like to communicate we love getting emails at streaming things pod at gmail.com yeah 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 i love that you said keep the lights on because we literally have to replace this fixture because periodically they just go out and come back on i love that literally going out if they're watching the live stream and they'll see the lights already happened they'll be like oh shit i need to subscribe (laughs) now 
<laughs> take a take a shot every time the light dims in here. <laughs> um, you can also call us. I think there's a way you can do that, right, Steve? There sure is. You can pick up your phone and dial 859-757-4051. And if you're an international uh, uh, listener, you can uh, type that number into Skype and it won't, you won't get those uh, gross those uh, pesky fees. charges. Yeah. Mm -mm. So again, that's 859-757-4051. That'll save you those uh, euros or whatever currency euros. other people use. That's <laughs> the only one I could think of. Yen? Yen, pesos franks do they still use franks somewhere i don't I'm not sure i'm not a worldly man uh, other types of dollars i don't know also I feel like all those went euros a lot of them did yeah but not pesos right that wouldn't make any sense no 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 I, i'm sorry i was hung up on the franks part yeah i think franks probably euro i know marks don't exist anymore the german mock um I should also probably mention that I will be traveling off the mainland of America here soon. So I think I'll be on for the next Patreon episode. I'll be on for the next regular episode. After that, it'll just be Andy and Steve and whatever guests they can muster up or whatever. So I'll be in Hawaii. It's going to be a doozy. honeymoon. You and me do creaming it 2.0. Creaming it, yeah, baby. Volume two. Uh, and that brings us to our check the gate. <laughs> So I have checked the gate and it is sparse this week. Check the gate. If you do not know is the segment where each week we here at streaming things bring you the hottest, the freshest, the steamiest TV and film news that you can get literally anywhere else. You heard it here, sir. That's our slogan here on Streaming Thing News. Uh, I just saw something. One thing of note is Wes Anderson's newest film. And I'm not talking about the French Dispatch. So he's got another one uh, down the pipeline already. Have you guys heard about this? Dispatch. Yeah, dispatch. French Dispatch. <laughs> not the old Dispatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but his newest film, I don't know much about it other than it stars Brian Cranston. Oh, shit. Hope Davis. Jeffrey mm. Wright. Hell yeah. Leave Schreiber. Hell yeah. Coming I can, in. I can feel that. Swinging hard from the left. Um, all together on a currently so, untitled project. So he's branching out from his normal uh, little roster of I, say, I assume people Adrian Brody and Bill Murray are going to be snuck in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Leif Schreiber is what had me perking my little puppy ears up. But it's untitled. They're currently shooting it in Spain. Um, the Spain dispatch. Yeah. And this is from the Hollywood Reporter, I should say. So pretty reliable, but that's going to be fun. Also, wait, 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 wait. There's more. Margot There's more. Robbie. Breaking news right in here. Margot Robbie. Okay. Tom Hanks. Okay. And Scarlett Johansson, who was previously on his uh, Isle of the Dogs stop motion film. Oh, they're also in the the new Wes Anderson movie. Yes. That's okay. What I'm saying. All right. That's, that's what I'm saying. There's more to that same story. And that's all that I thought to put in that was of note. Yeah, he's that's a much different cast than yeah, he normally I'm pretty does. Pretty fucking stoked about that. That's exciting. I guess we could talk a little bit about it's not we're not really this kind of like movie news people, but um it's only, it's slightly interesting that uh Emma Stone signed for Cruella 2, uh which is only interesting because of the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit and the rumor was that Emma Stone was considering taking similar action over her payment on Cruella. Yeah. And so it seems to have prompted Disney to reach out to her and say, "Hey, We'll, we'll pay you this much. Or. This is what it is for sure. Sorry, but we need Cruella too in the bag because that was dope. And <laughs> I assume that's how those meetings <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> Man, that shit was fire. That was. 
the way those dogs killed your mom. Ah, <laughs> Damn, that was I good. I get it. Kill all 101 of them. <laughs> I do that Wait, one. That's this not movie the movie. To be rated R so badly. That would be amazing for sure. Did you guys see, uh, speaking of Disney, did you guys see the new trailer for The Eternals? I did not. So that dropped a couple of days ago. Very interesting. I watched it. I, was I it tried also, not as to. the kids would say, fire? Uh, it was a simmering fire. Okay. It was definitely the type of movie. So like, I don't know anything about that franchise, but like, I'm very interested in it because the cast is really good. And, uh, uh Chloe Zhao is directing it, right? Yes. And uh, Nomad Lamb fame. Yeah. Nomad Land fame. Weird. And so the potential, <laughs> <laughs> the potential of something being new and different and interesting has me like, you know, Oh, wow. I, I, I will see that, but you the, can already tell from the low key. You can already tell from the color grading and stuff that they've, um, cause you know, Marvel, the MCU in general kind of has its similar look, similar. Yeah. Look for sure. You can tell that Kevin Feige has a iron fist over certain aspects of the, the film creation and, and eternal seems to be outside of that. And I don't know anything about the comics, but from that trailer, I learned a lot more. I heard she went out and found real life eternals and included them in the cast. <laughs> Absolutely. But apparently the eternal and I'm pissing comic book nerds off here like, duh, but, um, that's just not my particular nerd bag, baby. Um, but apparently the eternals are like this cast of, um, I don't want to say creatures, but, you know, things. Beings. Yeah, this beings that were sent here to defend from a very specific type of enemy. I forget what they're called. I'm pissing them off even more. Yeah. Herpes. But th- that that explains <laughs> the plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they didn't interfere with with Loki or Thanos or anything like that, because that's not why we're here. So they're extremely powerful, but they're not supposed to interfere with anything other than whatever it is that they're specific. We'll call them uh yeah, it was. The, they, they had like a singular <laughs> word. They had a singular word that was very much the bad guys. Yeah, it was like Dixies or something. <laughs> they whistle a lot. People from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can understand while they're here. Right. They're trying to take our monuments and the Eternals come out. <laughs> We've been waiting for this. No, no, no. But that's it for Check the Gate this week. And we're going to move right on to Crossing Streams. Yeah, baby, crossing streams where each week we bring you the smoothest, loveliest oh my God. things we've been watching since last we met. Hot and streamy. Coming on down the string. I'm getting all hot and bothered over here, my boy. Andy, turn the air down. <laughs> now, here's one something I've been wondering for a long time. If you want it to be colder in a room, do you turn the air down, like the temperature? Or do you turn the air up, like the force of the blast? Oh, shit. How do you guys say it? Turn turn it down? Turn down the temperature? Yeah, do you say turn it down? Yeah. I would say turn it down. Yeah, that's what my wife says, but I've always just like turn it up. Yeah. Because you're saying turn the air conditioner specifically down, right? You're not saying turn the temperature. I'm just saying semantically it makes it a little bit fuzzy. Anyway. I feel it. I feel it. Anyway. Andy, what have you been streaming this week? <laughs> I know uh, you've been busy. Yeah, dude. I've been busier than shit. So pretty much everything that I streamed was last night and today. Um that's not true. It's mostly true. So I rewatched Chernobyl. Um, and I'm sorry to bring Chernobyl up again. I cannot help myself. I think that. Steve, what have you been streaming? <laughs> so, okay. Chernobyl. <laughs> Guys, HBO Max, Chernobyl. It's written and show. created by Craig Mazin. 
I Craig Amazing, I call him. We had an episode about it years ago. Go check it out. From the Script Notes podcast. That guy's super dope. He wrote The Hangover Part 3, so you know he's good. Um, I know. It's so random. His his filmography is so bizarre. It is bizarre. I think this is the best limited series of all time. That is the conclusion I came to when I rewatched it. That's not super controversial. No, yeah. I want to argue, but I really don't. Of all, like, I really racked my brain. Uh, It's uh, Merlin from NBC in the 90s, starring Sam Neill. Thank you very much. What about Sam Neill's definitely not in Chernobyl, so he's lacking that. (laughs) That's true. True Detective season one. Does that count because it's not limited? I don't don't know. Because it's an anthology. If, If you could call that a limited series, then I would say that. Is still not as good as Chernobyl, but a valid choice. But a very valid choice, sure. Okay, so anyway, um, stars uh, Jared Harris, Stellan Skarsgård, who is the third best next to uh, Alexander and Bill. <laughs> We're um, ranking the Skarsgårds exactly. Ooh, that could be a Patreon. It also stars uh, Emily Watson, who is the second best Watson next to Emma, um, and then uh, some Russian people. Uh, <laughs> it is not uh, that you don't matter. We just don't know your name. Yeah, exactly. But. Every performance in this limited series is absolutely stunning. Uh, I think that the the direction is often like really surprising, but really, really effective. Like the first time you see the big accident, it is this itty bitty little flash of light way off in the distance. And that is so well done that they did it that way. And then ultimately, eventually later, you get to see what really happened and stuff. But it's really interesting the way everything they, they went about everything. They killed it. They knocked it out of the park. So anyway, Chernobyl, HBO Max, watch it. It's amazing. Oh, we have Best actually a series ever. We have a caller calling in. So I don't know. We can take it right now. Let me see. Um, hello. <laughs> Is this Dimitri? I'm like super pissed off about you keeping my name on the cast list. Oh, were you in Chernobyl? Da. What, what was your character's <laughs> name? Dimitri. <laughs> you can't even go through with it. I thought Steve would pick it up, honestly. When I, I thought, oh, it is me, also Dimitri. <laughs> I have different cadence, but it is because I put on tighter pants. <laughs> anyway. Dimitri, I'm so sorry that I forgot to add you in the cast list, but I had to stick with Skarsgård's and the Watsons. Of Fuck Skarsgård. He complete asshole. <laughs> Plus, I was in Goldeneye. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. I really had to. I was trying to I muster that. I was so that confused I because like, I had a good time just now. I'll say that. Much. I'm like at the soundboard and you look at me like, we got a call coming. And I'm like, oh, the, well, I'm not ready. The, the bit just came to me. And then I was like, should I do it? And I was like, it's too late. My, my brain just said that. My brain was just like, oh, no. Anyway, go I think on. there's a call coming in. Wait, never mind. That. <laughs> just, just kidding. Psych. It's just a dick pic. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Chernobyl. Great. Uh, I also watched Mr. Corman on Apple TV Plus. Um, Plus. So that is a new series that's created by and starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, You've probably seen his tweets about it. Yeah, yeah. That, asking people to work for free. <laughs> yeah, he is constantly like, go to my website and do this Hit record. record. Yeah. yeah. Is that, um, did he use stuff from that? No, no. Oh, okay. This is just its own thing. Um, interestingly, uh, A24 production. Um, awesome. It opens with that. And I was like, oh, shit. Is it good? It's really good. I like the shit out of it. Okay, so uh, it's created by and starring him. Also, a lot of the episodes are written and directed by him. I think like eight out of the ten. 
Um, so it also stars Arturo Castro, uh, Deborah Winger, and Juno Temple, who is a Apple TV Plus alum uh, from Love Pet Juno Lesson. Temple. She's the best. Uh, so this show is the most seen that I have felt in a long time. It is basically about a dude who gave up on his dreams and is making it by, but life is not what he thought it was going to be. And he's struggling with anxiety and depression and loneliness and relationships with his family. And it's basically like Andy, the movie, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I was watching it, like just fucking like bawling my eyes out at random times because like it is the most scene I felt in a long time. And I looked up reviews afterward and they were middling reviews. And for the most part, it's like, this guy's like potentially not really even that good of person. And is that really an interesting thing to watch? And it's just basically like a lower middle to middle, lower class white dude that has some struggles. Who cares? And I'm like, I do. Yeah. That's me. It's <laughs> a show about me. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I don't know, like maybe, maybe that's a niche audience. It shouldn't be. I wouldn't think, but well, I think in an, in an, we're just now, unfortunately starting to get to a place where we understand how important representation is. And, I get it. You know, and one of those things is that you're still a person who needs to be represented. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Or whatever. So I, sure. I don't think there's any um, fault in that, Andy. So, um, as, as I said, it's about a dude that's really struggling to try to, um, just deal with life that he didn't think was going to go the way that he thought it would. Um, I, uh, I think that the direction in it is batshit occasionally. Uh, it, it will periodically just switch to some animated shit or a musical number will bust out towards the end of an episode. And um, it, it just gets surreal at times. In one episode, it, it felt like they were trying to give you a panic attack with the sound design. Um, it is very A24. So when A24 pops up on the screen, you, you can know two things. It's going to be really good or at least really interesting. And it's going to be uncomfortable at some point. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's fair. Pretty much a, any A24 will live up to those two things. Um, if there's an envelope in the room, they're going to swoop in and push it. Right. Just right. At least an inch. Uh, they also pull uh, in the fourth episode. There are four episodes of the 10 out right now. They okay. pull the old um, mythic quest where the middle seemingly middle episode uh, just is about somebody else. And uh, it was really good. That was the last episode that I watched. I, I really, really encourage people to seek it out despite the reviews. One of the reviews I read, they were like kind of shitting on it. And they said, well, in a world where um, Succession is the only good show on TV. And then I stopped reading the the review because I was like, I mean, I've never seen Succession. I've heard it's very, very good. Uh -huh. But to say that that's literally the only good show on TV in a world where Ted Lasso exists is. How dare you? Yeah. Fuck you. And you're you lost all you're the type of person that I don't like. And I'm sure there was hyperbole, but I bet that, but I bet that review, you. that reviewer who wrote that, he probably is a wigwam and a teepee. He probably created succession. Yeah. Beat feet. <laughs> oh, wigwam and teepee. Uh, two tenths. He's two tenths. <laughs> so anyway, yes, I also uh, caught up on Ted Lasso. Uh, that show, as ever, is always just so endearing and I love it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also watched the first episode of a limited series called Brand New Cherry Flavor. But I'll stop there because I only watched the first episode and I know Chris has watched a bit more of that. Well, I want to talk to you about that. We'll get there. Steve, what have you been streaming? Uh, well, 
latest episode Ted Lasso is really good. I won't talk about it much other than it's probably my favorite episode of the season so far. So and how is it, it possible that I wait? I know episode five is out as of yesterday. Are you talking about mm-hmm. the Christmas episode? No, I'm talking about episode. Oh, five. really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. I love that. It's episode. better than the Christmas episode. Yeah. I wow. love Roy Kent. I, I do love Roy Kent. Did you watch episode five as well? I did. Wow. Have you seen it? No, I didn't watch it yet. Oh, I have really to watch good. it with my wife. It's one of those shows where like my we, I'll get in trouble. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's a really, really good episode. And like the, you'll, you'll be, there's a shot in the episode where it's like, wow, how can they convey so much emotion by just showing the back of someone's head? Um, so it's great. I thought the Christmas episode was like one of the best Christmas things I've ever seen as far oh, yeah. as like not being cheesy, but capturing the, the zeitgeist of what we pretend the holiday is about. And also fitting really well into the narrative of those particular characters and the tone of that show. Like it's so well done. And getting like, the boss shit. lady to sing again, I would have been really disappointed. She's such a good, that, I know it's crazy. I love when a show can successfully pull off a random musical number without being like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. That was well done. The magicians, believe it or not, I don't know what else here watches that show. <laughs> I've seen it. They do once a season, they have a giant musical episode where just, they completely kind of break character and, bust in the song and once a season once a season eventually like uh definitely by two or three it's once a season i started watching once they did it the first time it's like everybody loved it so much they're like oh shit we gotta do that again and oh god it made me so happy yeah you should you should try it again it's just by virtue of crossing streams you kind of have to try to seek out new things yeah you know but i will go back i got obsessed with that show but anyway i don't want to take steve's thunder oh you're fine uh the other thing i Oh, 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 thank you for my thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other thing I streamed, uh, continue watching What If? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, I think this week's episode is more in line with what I wanted from the series and that they did the old switcheroo that, you know, they posit what if um, the Ravagers, instead of abducting Peter Quill, they abducted T'Challa. So he becomes Star-Lord. And you get to see, like, the huge ripples that, change the course of history because of that like in some pretty significant ways that you i didn't think they were going to do but it was it was a fun little romp some of the some of the stuff doesn't really make sense really but it's, it was just a fun like oh i like this this is this is very different but also the same and not so much a retread of a full movie I, andy i assume you didn't watch it i haven't mentioned yet, it right no. so i don't want to spoil anything i would just say i was blown away by that episode in the sense that The entire thing is sort of predicated on throwing massive shade at Chris Pratt. Yeah. (laughs) Mostly his character, but also Chris Pratt kind of and how people view him now. Mm -hmm. Like especially that last shot or that last scene. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, he's a hundredfold better Star Lord than Chris Pratt's character. And it's just like really like he's a better person. Or everything you can think of. Yeah. And it'll surprise you in the ways that that manifests in the episode. It's, it's kind of bewildering. It is like they did it immediately with a certain character. And I was like, holy shit. Like, cause I've seen, unlike first Avenger, I knew guardians one extremely well shot for shot. And the way that they take over and things start to go differently is like, I just immediately sat in, you know, leaned in and ate my popcorn faster. Like, okay. Yeah. And it is crazy. And the amount of things that it affects. Um, and so and good hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say is it's, it's his last role and you can hear his voice. And Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, oh, it's the last role he, he 
is I guess we're going to see since, yeah. since, he, since he's passed away, RIP. But like, it was just so nice to hear his voice. And it just made me kind of sad at the end. Like, oh man, I would have, it would have been so great to see him in more things. Oh God, he was yeah. so fucking good. It's crazy sad. And just seeing him as a better Star-Lord is like, I kind of want them to redo Guardians now. <laughs> just have Chadwick Boseman in that. Do they have a dope role. soundtrack? Like, I don't think so. That way? No? I don't think no, so. No. Yeah. It's not James Gunn-esque in that regard, but it, it's just so funny. I never even thought of that. Of course they would, because part of Star-Lord, as we know him's character, is that he's kind of goof. Like, he's mm-hmm. sort of able to fight and stuff, but he mostly just fucks things up, and he's all whiny. Like, I'm the leader, and nobody's listening to him. And it's funny because it's Chris Pratt before you knew that he was... With the way that he is politically, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they were like, okay, so if it was Chadwick, if it was, you know, T'Challa, he'd be really efficient and a great leader and everybody would like him. And, you know, he would be a legend and da, 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 And it's like, Oh my God. You know? Oh so, shit. Okay. Uh, anyway, definitely go run and, and watch that. What else you got, Steve? Uh, I will briefly talk about something that was hugely important to me, but I doubt anyone else will think it's very, very important, but Mass effect four. No, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, Maybe later. <laughs> no, so yesterday was my birthday, as I said. Um, I want to take you back to a time around 2012, 2013. I grew up, as you know, liking wrestling. Fell out of it because of uh, high school, and I just wasn't super into it during high school and, and about 10 years afterwards. Trying to get laid. I get it. Word. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then around 2012, 2013, people started talking about this this wrestler, and I'm like, and I, I kind of started looking into him and I'm like, you know what? I like this guy. This guy, I like his character. He's really compelling. He's he's doing the A24 thing where he's pushing an envelope. If it's on mm-hmm, a table, he mm-hmm. will push it. Uh, and that wrestler's name is CM Punk. And shortly after I got back into wrestling and around 2013, he famously exited the world of wrestling. He retired. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a big hole to do. If you have, if you want to go down our YouTube rabbit hole, just Google that whole drama. It's fascinating. Steve but, took me down that rabbit hole before you came over. <laughs> I did. I, I gave him just a taste. And, and really, I always feel weird when I do that because I just realize how much anytime I try to explain professional wrestling to people and like why I love it and what's even going on on screen. I always feel like I sound like an absolute nut job. And there are so <laughs> many questions that it's like, Oh, I guess I have to explain this as it goes on. Yeah. Like you, you, if you know, if you're inundated into the world, you kind of forget like none of this makes fucking sense to anybody who has no experience with it. So I, I end up feeling like Charlie day and that meme where he's, yeah. like, he's got all the stuff. The Pepe, so then the undertaker, give him a cigarette, yeah. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> who? Well, anyway, oh shit! This fast forward to you know uh, last night. I've, I'm not really super into wrestling anymore. I kind of like dip my toe and like, oh, what's going on still? Oh, okay, neat. Uh, not really for me. Uh, there's this competing company called AEW. I think I brought them up in the uh-huh. past. Um, it was rumored heavily that somehow they had managed to get CM Punk to come back to their show, and I'm like, oh, I'll believe when I see it, because it was a meme at this point. He's been gone for seven years, and it was a meme like, oh, CM Punk's coming back this year. No, he's not. He ain't coming back, but it was heavily implied that he was going to come back last night. And so I, I, I don't have TNT, which is the channel that AEW plays on. So I had to fucking scour the internet to find like duplicitous live streams that I could watch it somehow. Cause I had to see if it would happen. And it was at top of the show. 
They didn't fuck around with anything. Like the show started and there he fucking is. He comes out. Everyone in the crowd's losing their goddamn mind and he's there. And I cried tears of happiness because I fucking <laughs> love this dude. He's such a cantankerous bastard. I love him so much. And I was, you know, super, super jazz. And I will be watching more AEW in the future just because they seem like a company that I can watch, enjoy. They put on a product that I like. And also they don't come with the political baggage that WWE does. And yeah. I don't have to feel like an asshole for supporting them. Uh, the Chick-fil-A of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. God, they really are. They just announced a Saudi Arabia show today. I'm like, quit doing it. <laughs> Stop doing it. Anyway, uh, the last thing I want to mention, this is the last thing I streamed, not wrestling related. Uh, it is a fun little show. I managed to get a seven day free trial to Paramount Plus. And plus. Plus. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> That's Steve, the first Steve is always yeah. the one that calls us out. Damn. Uh, but I... You know, I was in the mood to watch something lighthearted and I saw this little animated show on Paramount Plus and I thought, why not? I'll give it a try. That show is Star Trek The Lower Decks. Wait, hang on a second. You said you got the login info on <laughs> I gotta get in on that. It's cool. You, After the show. Up. I'll get you the hookup. No, it is about it's an animated show. Um, it's about, you know, the red shirts that you see in an enterprise, you know, like what are the what are the not captain like on the bridge crew? What are they doing and what are the adventures like they're the having? plumbers and the you know. Yeah. And it stars Tawny Newsome, Jack Quaid from um The Boys, Boys. uh Noel Wells and Eugene Cordero, Jerry O'Connell's in it, which is kind of funny From left field yeah like he, he plays the i think he's the second officer that's fooled himself but uh jonathan frikes who played Riker in the next generation he shows up from time to time as Riker. are and you a big star trek fan i wouldn't say i'm a huge fan i definitely you can't be as such a huge star wars fan right no i'm not that type of person i i, I do enjoy a star trek like i've seen i just haven't you seen like zeppelin and you like led zeppelin and the stones i do i do me but too, like, buddy. I watched, you know, Next Generation. Uh, I watched Enterprise. Um, and a couple... I just haven't seen it all. And I don't know the minute details of, like, what a, a, an actual, I would say, a fan would. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm Riker like a, is a character because my brother named his dog after him. Yeah. That's cool. You're, like... Yeah. You I'm know in the, the cultural relevance. I'm in the know. You know Riker. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really He's fun show. It's, it's very high energy. It's surprisingly very funny. Um, and they, they obviously love Star Trek and they, they kind of lampoon it. Uh, they reference actual characters from, uh, the main storylines, but not too much. And it's, it's really cute. And I actually really, really like it. And I've, I blew through and watched the entire first season in a day today. Dang. And I, I, I probably will go back and rewatch it. Cause I just had fun with it. It was kind of like a Rick and Morty type thing, not nearly as crass or, uh, irreverent as that is, but like it was definitely a lot of fun. If you're a Star Trek fan, or even if you're like kind of kind of like it, I definitely suggest checking it out. It's really funny, and it, it just kind of I love the animation style. There's like a peppiness in the uh, like, especially the main character. She's this um, Tawny Newsom's character. She's this woman who could definitely be a bridge crew member. She's like a total badass and like knows what she's doing, but she hates authority so much that she's like, I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want to get promoted. No. I'm going to hang out with these nerds down here and protect them. And they're my crew and I'm going to make fun of them. But the way they animate her, she, there, there's a lot of zest to her movements. And I, I really, really like it. So go check Zesty out. Zesty movements. Zesty movements. And of course, there is a after show for it. 
hosted by Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. So if you if you want to go and see Will Wheaton talk about an animated show, you can stick around and watch awesome. that too. At least it's not Chris Hardwick, right? That's true. Talking Dead. Did you ever, did you ever watch Will Wheaton's uh, board game show? No. He has a YouTube channel where he just plays board games. And they talk about the history of whatever board game they're about to play. And it's actually really, really good. Tabletop lovers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a different show. <laughs> yes. I actually, think, I actually think his YouTube channel is t- called Tabletop. Really? I think so. I should be called Tabletop Lovers. And that would be way better. <laughs> I'm going to start a new one. And Big start, fan. Just start acting like I love board games so I can do that. But Chris, what have you been streaming? I've been streaming lots of stuff. I want to blow right through it and get to what I really want to talk about. There's a a few things, but I had a busy streaming week now that my new schedule is pretty good. Um, I've got, uh, I watched Ninja Scroll. I've been on an animated movie kick, but Ninja Scroll was one of my favorites in high school. Have you guys ever seen this film? I don't think so. So it was released in 1993. I highly recommend it. If you want to like try to get into anime and just watch like the weirdest, most violent, beautifully animated, crazy shit you can to see like, all right, at least it'll be so interesting that I might enjoy it. That's what I recommend that you do. Uh, But it was written and directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. And I'm sure I said that wrong. Nailed it. Um, But yeah, it was released again in 1993. It's about this vagabond swordsman uh, and then he meets this beautiful ninja girl and a crafty spy and they have to confront a demonic clan of killers. Uh, And there's obviously some character past things that come into play as well. But I just this movie's batshit crazy and I absolutely love it. Uh, And I highly recommend that you watch it. It's called Ninja Scroll. I think it's actually streamable on Hulu right now. I own it, but you can stream it for free on Hulu if you want to check it out. Uh, It's Ninja Scroll plugging it again. Uh, not for the faint of heart. I also watched Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, another animated film released in 2018. Wasn't that great, but I'm kind of plowing through because the... Did they pay the hell? They did pay hell. Mm. Um, but it, How much? DC animated Buckle films five. are like famously good. Uh, tree fitty. Uh, and so I want to kind of get through them. And I, I didn't expect this to be one of them, but I was on a Suicide Squad kick for obvious reasons. Um, don't recommend this one, but I heard like Justice League Dark and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War like really really good um did you guys know that constantine eventually like is affiliated with the justice league like the character of john constantine i knew he oh, like cool he worked in that circle i didn't know he was on the justice league yeah there's apparently some you know that's what justice league dark is is where he gets involved with shit like that and they bring in constantine and i'm really excited to watch that so i've been working towards it Annie always like that character constantine and then fo- i do i love him following up my uh world war ii bonanza i finished band of brothers phenomenal and started the 2010 follow-up the pacific about what was oh. what was going on out west in the pearl harbor region the other theater of war mm-hmm. i'm very excited for uh what is it like masters of the air or some shit where they're going to do the dog fights later on i think it's coming out later this year um fascinating though hbo refused to pay for masters of the air uh, and so uh, Apple TV picked it up. So that actual third installment produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks will be so on this Apple is TV. Intended to be a follow up 11 years later? Yeah, it's oh, the okay. third installment. It's, okay. it's produced by Spielberg and Hanks again. Um, but Tom Hanks actually does the narration on the Pacific this time. So that's kind of neat. Um, it's not quite as good as Band of Brothers, but I do love the the violent realism. And there's always some good character interplay. Um, also, OK, here we get to the real shit. I watched real uh, shit. Nine Perfect Strangers, the new show I talked about on Coming Down the Stream last week. Mm. Uh, the new show that dropped on Hulu with Nicole Kidman and a ton of people. Uh, Luke eight, Evans. Eight is other really strangers. Good. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy. Michael Shannon is fucking killing it in this show. Um, but yeah, absolutely 
recommend the show so far. I only watched the pilot. It reminds me a lot of like Big Little Lies. I don't think either of you watched that no. show, right? No. That's a really fucking good show. Um, but it, it kind of lures you in with some some slight intrigue and weird character moments. But for the most part, you just love the actors chewing their scenery and you're kind of intrigued to see where this goes. I assume it's all going to go to complete shit by the end of the season and it's going to be really engrossing. But for right now, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm super into this. I don't know what's going on. I love it. Um, especially interesting seeing Melissa McCarthy in a real dramatic role. Um, she's obviously McCarthy in it up. That's not a good term anymore. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> yeah. She's just touting communism. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I highly recommend you check that out. That just dropped, I think like yesterday on so Hulu. The show is called the red scare. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> called nine perfect strangers. And then finally, the most important thing, Andy alluded to it. I watched a show on Netflix that blew my fucking mind called brand new cherry flavor. I think it came out. It's a Netflix original. It came out on like August 13th, flew under my radar. Netflix does an absolutely terrible job of advertising even their own content that's coming soon, which is why I try to take the effort with this show to tell you guys what's coming soon. But I missed this one even doing, think about this guys, guys and girls at home. I literally spend hours every week Googling what the fuck is coming out on Netflix and still had no idea about this show. Like that is mind boggling to me. Uh, but it was, it's based on a book of the same name. It's created by uh, Nick Antosa and Lenore Zion. It stars Rosa Salazar of Alita Battle Angel fame. Mm. If you love that movie as much yeah. as I love that movie. It's and Catherine movie. Keener, Ooh. who's a fabulous actress. My, yeah. I always think of her from like 40-year-old virgin. Yeah. Like she's always got that like sweet mom. I just want to buy these shoes so I can wear them. Yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's always got that like sweet mom cadence. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, hey guys, don't forget your lemonade. Like she does that in this role, but she's playing like this creepy otherworldly witch that you have the sense has been around for hundreds of years and she's always appearing out of nowhere and mixing like eyeballs and frog dust you guys want these in, shoes? into a blender but she says it like that like you gotta stay hydrated it's just a little toad juice it's not gonna hurt you um, like I, I gotta eat a human yeah but it's just his ear it's not that big yeah. deal don't be a baby like it's just the same cadence that she's famous for but with that role it's fascinating um, this show is dark irreverent batshit crazy uh i've heard it compared to david lynch which turned me off it is very lynchy it's super, super lynchy i only watched first episode but it's very much what'd you like think a, i it, it was lynchian very close to too much for me because i'm also not a david lynch fan i don't like his movies i really don't so i hate david lynch I think not as a person. I'm sure he's fine. I just mean, I don't enjoy like Mulholland drive and, and, and twin peaks very Are you much. Fight right? David Lynch, no eraser head for me. However, I love this show so much that I might actually be a David Lynch fan and just have to go back. I think I'm going to have to try twin yeah. peaks because it does the Lynchian thing where like, you know, everything seems fairly normal. And then like blood starts coming out of the floorboards and the character. Here's what I love so much about this show. The craziest shit happens. And why I thought you look, would like it, Andy is because some really interesting body horror yes. in it throughout the whole show. And it gets so much worse than mm -hmm. the first episode, like shit that has to be talked about online and will be on rule 34 at some point kind mm -hmm. of shit. And <laughs> oh my. And, and so, but all of the characters act like everything like they just roll with it in a way that is completely unbelievable but is hilarious and i'm for it and I, I i can't describe what i mean but picture like 
you got your three normal characters. They're kind of quirky, but they're normal people. They have normal jobs. You're establishing them as humans. And then the main character, I'm making this up, so it's not a spoiler, but it's like this. The main character accidentally gets into a fight and chops someone's head complete off, right? And so then, like, the friends that they established normal earlier will walk in on this scene and it, where a normal director and writer would have them be like, ah, oh, what the fuck? He's a fucking headless dude. What the fuck? I'm calling the cops. They'll walk in and, like, light a cigarette and be like, oh, he really lost his head on that one. The fuck's going on in here? <laughs> Super messy. Well, well, we gotta we gotta hide the body. You don't know how to hide bodies, Dave. You're like it's just you know what I mean. Like it's like that, and I I fucking love it. Like the banter is just hilarious to me. And Rosa Salazar is so good in this. She's stunning. Like I like Alita Battle Angel, but like what she does in this show is absolutely entrancing. Uh, I know I'm gushing, but I watched all eight episodes. Gush, bitch. (laughs) Bitch. I was obsessed with this show at the, you know, in December, we're going to do like. (laughs) I call my dog a bitch. (laughs) It's It's like my name. Term of endearment. (laughs) Like in December, when we do our best of the year favorite, this will 100% be in the top three of my things. I'm pretty sure that's how much I loved it. Goddamn. Um, But you have to be able to stomach horror. um, So don't even bother watching it if you don't like you know, chewing on eyeballs and things like that. Uh, but it's batshit crazy. And here's the last thing I'll say why I love it so much, Andy, and this might help you like see where I'm seeing it from 90. Like, we watch so much TV and films, not more than anybody, but a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's so much coming out, right. We have like nine different streaming networks, all dropping new stuff every week and it gets overwhelming. And even with all of that content, uh, I hate calling it that, but that's the quickest way nowadays 90% of it at best was just not a waste of your time, right? Like for every inside by Bo Burnham or in and of itself or Chernobyl, there is just a hundred thousand eh, shows. Sure. Mm-hmm. This show is so different amidst all that. So unique. They had the balls to like, I can't believe this got made. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just so weird all the way from front to end. Like they never at any point where they like, okay, we were just kidding. Here's your climax and here's your mm-hmm. plot point three. They're like, nope, it's never coming. Well, that first episode, <laughs> you know the I mean? first episode was pretty tame then based on what you're describing. Like it ended very weird. Um, there's a certain kind of hairball that gets coughed up, if you will. That was, yeah, a character uh, vomits a kitten. Yeah. Okay. I was trying not to spoil the the pilot, but yes, that it's, happens. It's all right. Um, I said a character. Up, up. To- <laughs> You're never gonna know who is the kitten alive. Yes, the kitten is alive. Yes. Okay, but you I'll don't. That's it. what's why it's Lynchian. You don't know what the fuck or why. Right. And you never really do. But up to right? that point, like as Lynchian as it was, was like there's just like the creepy motorcycle guy that's just like there in the background. And we're they couldn't get him to leave set. And then then at some point he takes his helmet off. He's just some weird old dude that goes and opens a door. And it's like, okay, yep, that's how David Lynch would do something. You establish something as a menace, and then it's not at all. And then you're never going to bring it up again because that's what David Lynch does. But um, I'm going to watch the show to see just how accurate Andy's impression of that guy was. Oh, super on point. (laughs) Pretty, pretty on. Unlike David Lynch, things come back. There was a strangle sequence in that pilot that was violent. Yes. So well done. And so fast, too. Like, I love the sudden violence of it. I'm always a big fan of that. Yeah. Where it's just like, whoa, we're doing this now? And I guess I should say the plot. I did all that gushing real quick. Lisa Nova, played by Rosa Salazar, is an inspi- aspiring film director. 
and she it's it's takes place in 1990s LA. So she shows up to get her short film made into a feature and embarks on a mind altering journey of supernatural revenge that gets nightmarishly out of control is the IMDb explanation. Um, but yeah, I, it, Andy, the rest of that show makes the pilot look like a Disney plus show. Mm. That's how fucking crazy it gets. And I, I couldn't stop watching it. Dope. And I don't have time for this shit. Like I, you know, I got maybe one and a half movies a day if I'm pushing it and I'm upstairs, like binging my fifth episode, turn, mm-hmm. putting my phone on silent and shit. You know what I mean? Like okay. it's good. Good. Anyway, that's all that's called brand new cherry flavor. Netflix didn't pay me. I promise. That's all I've been streaming this week. Let's get to our main. We didn't even talk about what we were talking about this. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on them, Steve. So this week, we decided to give a little ode to the end of summer. We are fast approaching the end of the summer season here in the States, and we are, we live in Kentucky, Cincinnati area, so it's a deciduous climate. So it happens three hours earlier than it does over West. <laughs> if you don't know, what that means, Andy, is that we experience all four seasons. Damn it. Oh, shit. So it's very important to us when one dies. So what we wanted to do, Steve's Two of idea. them we experienced for a week apiece. <laughs> we would uh, celebrate summer by talking about some of our favorite summer movies. And what we mean by that is whatever the fuck we each individually define that as. But what I think it is, is just anything generally with the vibe of summer. Celebrating summer, um, not necessarily having been released in summer. So I want to make that clear. It's movies kind of about the summer or speaking to a, the spirit of summer, if you will. Mm. Thanks to the Ataris mm. who did not give us permission to use that clip, but I think we used it under the 30 second mark to where they can't say anything about it. Hopefully <laughs> <laughs> at the very least, go check out the Ataris. So what we're going to do, yeah, you owe us money, damn it. So what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to talk about our top three favorite summer movies, whatever we came up with that prompt. And we'll start with three and go down to one, starting with Andy, the big D. What was your number three? And the Andy. Uh, <laughs> So first off, I need to say that uh, when I was trying to come up with summer movies, uh, what it ended up being for me is that apparently to me, a summer movie is a period piece coming of age comedy like that. All three of them and every other one that I didn't didn't make it on this list that I considered also was that. So anyway, without further ado, number one, Sandlot, 1994, coming of age sports comedy. It's about a new kid that moves to town and he bonds with the other local kids over baseball. And uh, there's. Um, lots of uh, baseball, lots of baseballing, uh, lots of iconic scenes that in retrospect turned out to be pretty fucking sexist. We get the inimitable line. You play ball like a girl. That's from Sandlot. And like, that's probably the biggest um, cultural. There's the one, there's the one where the kid pretends to be drowning. So that was the next thing. Uh, He absolutely uh, kisses a squints, pretends to drown so he can kiss a girl against her uh, will. But they ended up up getting together. So, you know, nine kids. So they imply a a healthy sex life. So that's good. (laughs) And they call them squirts Um, now. Um, and that happens in one of those uh, where they all went montages at the end. Like, yeah, squints, yeah. squirts had lots of babies. <laughs> and they're all um, like disappearing I off feel the like, field. I was trying to think, like, I feel like that was originated by American Graffiti, but I don't know. The disappearing thing? No, the uh, 
where they where, are now. Where, where they all went. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I would want yeah, I would want to do some it's what, late sixties? That's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do some research to see like where that trope does come from. Um I mean one could say, not to demean it, but an epilogue is uh millennia old. Sure. Sure, yeah. But yeah, so I I watched the Sandlot a thousand times when I was a kid. I grew up playing baseball. My dad was my baseball coach. I've always been a huge baseball fan. I think it is the most fun sport. Um, that and Rookie of the Year, you know, I watched over and <laughs> over and over again. Um, Dude, and- Sandlot is great. Well, I, before you move on, I do kind of want to touch because Sandlot is on my list as well. Sure. Uh, because there well, is... Well, I'll stop talking. Let's do your number three. Well, like, there is something about that movie that I think capsulates what it feels like to be at least a young boy of that age during the summer where you're just like, I'm going to go outside and it might be different now, but at least when we were growing up, we still, I think it was still kind of of that time where you just like, Hey parents, I'm leaving the house. Yeah. You were in some ways left to your own devices. Yeah. Hopefully I don't die. Uh, I'm just going to go hang out with neighborhood friends for, you know, eight hours of the day and then I'll come back home eventually, you know, mm. like my mom literally had a, um, we had an old bell cowbell. <laughs> it was a bell that was on a giant post. And when it was time for me to come home, she would just start ringing the bell. Play Don't fear the reaper. And start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, I gotta go. <laughs> no, she would literally ring the bell. And I would just the go. That was Steve and that Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> I love Blue Oyster Cult. But uh, yeah, and, and like that scene where they're like, where are they now? Where are they now? It's such a good scene because they shoot it where they're all disappearing. Like, oh, yeah. and they're running the base and they would slowly disappear because it kind of goes back to that, you know, the kind of sad nostalgia you feel when you think about those days. You know, you think about how much fun you had, but there's that, what's that line where like, there was one day where you went to go hang out with your friends, not realizing it was the last day you would go hang out with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, you know, looking back at that movie now through the eyes of a 34 year old, you're like, wow, that is the same feeling that was encapsulated by the Green Day song, right? It's something unpredictable, (laughs) but in the end is right. I hope, hope you, you had, had the time, time of your life. <laughs> Fun Get fact, it, guys. Come on. Fun fact about that song. Uh-huh. Uh, someone sang that for the memorial of a janitor at my elementary school. <laughs> nice. So. <laughs> they would always play that. Funny. <laughs> at least they didn't get it like brain stew mixed in. It's like, damn it. Damn it. They would play that song on the last day of school at the last minute right before the bell rang every year at our high school. So it's nice. kind of funny. It is perfect for that. Uh, that was that, that, is Sandlot your number three? I didn't really rank mine. Oh, but okay. I figured since uh, Andy's talking about it, I'll talk about it now. But yes. I mean, to this day, if someone says forever, you know, nine times out of 10, I will go forever. And yes. of course there's the beast, you know, it's the dog the that they're so scared of. And well, he's just, he's a little I just remember, sweetheart. Yeah. I did rank mine, but I'll unrank them just to make it easier. Not weird. I put Sandlot on mine as well. Nice. And it was my number one. Oh Ooh. shit. I'm surprised it's not Andy's number one. Cause I don't like baseball and it's still my number one. He loves baseball. I do love baseball. I I think Sandlot, when you say summer movie, at least the way I took it, this is the quintessential summer movie. Like we're all in our thirties, you know, so this was on TV constantly. And yeah, it informed our personalities, sexism included, unfortunately. Um, And yeah, it's a little bit um, outdated now, but this was the zeitgeist at the time. And it, it, 
encapsulates perfectly what it's like to spend a summer with your friends and it feels like it's nine months long you know what i mean because days go so long when you're a kid and it's almost so weird when you have to go back to school and uh yeah it's just informed so much of my life and this is this is what i thought of immediately when you sent the text like that's so that's why i put it at number one even though it's not maybe my favorite movie of anything i could think of but Anyway, I also thought of some funny ones, but like it's, we only got three spots, spots, mm-hmm. spots, spots. Three I almost said spots. slots. I almost said spots. So I mixed them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I thought squirt. of, uh, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Midsummer. Like I could be funny <laughs> with this, but nah, let's take it seriously. God damn it. Yeah. So Andy, what's your next film? Uh, number two, Dazed and Confused. God damn it. Is, are we all going to have the same movies? <laughs> That's my movie, too. It's, it's not on my list. <laughs> all right, Chris, you go ahead. You go first with Dazed and Confused. This I time. mean, it's, yeah, everybody knows Dazed and Confused. It's yeah. classic. Uh, 1993, beautiful film about kids hanging out in the summer. And, uh, and, and so was Sandlot. So Sandlot was a, was a good 1993 was a good summer movie yeah. year. Um, but this is, you know, everybody knows written and directed by Richard Linklater, one of the best directors of all time, um, stars Jason London and, uh, Matthew McConaughey with a bit part by fucking Ben Affleck. There's a ton of names. Mila Jovovich, Joey Lauren Adams, Anthony Rapp, Willie Wiggins, who Willie Wiggins has disappeared. That is that man. the dude that touches his nose all the time? Uh, it's the nerd that the, 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 the young boy that like puts on the headphones at the end. Yeah, like it's, if you watch that movie, stuff. he touches his face. Does he? Like he's a, yeah, I guess he does. He's kind of a, an amateurish actor and I, I having amateurly acted. I know that it's, you get little ticks and stuff and he like pinches the bridge of his nose or swipes his hair behind his ear or yeah. just puts his hand on his head constantly. And if you, he doesn't if, know what to do with his hands, if, yeah, he's like uh, the <laughs> Talladega Knights. So he's just raising his hands slowly, but it's about hands. high school kids and, you know, and junior high students on the last day of school in May of 1976. Um, Coming of age period comedy. Period piece comedy. Yeah. I'm telling you, all of them, summer movies. These are the best what, summer movies. They are. Like The Way Way Back, I think is the same. And that was another one that almost made my list. Um, absolutely fucking phenomenal film, classic. Matthew McConaughey, I think, informed his own personality in this movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what I love about them high school girls. I can't, <laughs> the way you say it, it's not. I as, keep getting older, they stay the same age. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. When he asks him if he has any weed is what I always think of. And the guy says no. And he's be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> I use that line because I was a huge yeah, pothead in school so much. Um, be a lot cooler if you did. Classic soundtrack. I mean, this movie's awesome. Jason London disappeared off the face of the earth as soon as he rose. But he yeah. did this in Mallrats and it was over. Nope. That's, that's his twin brother, Jeremy. They are two different people. This is Jason. That's the movie yeah. that. Uh, Jeremy London was the one that was in Mallrats. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa! It's a London. <laughs> what if the Londons fought the Scars Guards? Fucking death. I think Scars Guards win. The Scars Guards still outnumber them. They're the not even the just outnumbered. Nation. They got a lot more spunk. I feel the, like they're legion. They are many. So Steve, uh, we got Sandlot and Daisy Confused, and I don't think we have the same number three. So it doesn't matter. But uh, we might. No, there's no way. And era uh, Steve. Hang on, we'll, I just uh, real quick. Before oh yeah, you we get pass to talk about Daisy Confused. Confused. There's a line in here because like it is. Kind of just like a meandering, like, hey, this is the first day of summer and here's some things that some kids did. But it's also like kind of like this uh, culture shock. Who the fuck am I and who am I going to be kind of uh, story? You know, I mean, I think that there's a lot of existentialism in Days and Confused. Now, as a kid, it was just like, oh, it's a fun stoner comedy. And I really like that one dude that keeps smoking weed with the long hair and the hat. You know, Yeah, this was one of those movies that we watched 
dozens of dozens times and times just to hang out and, and smoke weed too. And I feel like at no point did it ever really hit like those the three like kids they're like sitting around trying to figure out what to do with their night and then ultimately go to that field party. Like really, they're the ones that the movie like they're. Like, they turn basically turn on the camera and say, this is what the movie's about. There's a line. She says, this girl says, I'd like to quit thinking of the present as some minor insign- insignificant preamble to something else. And I feel like that is like the definition of like the counterculture mindset. And I think that uh, there was actually a lot of deeper, uh, wonderful, like symbolism in uh, in Days and Confused that just absolutely completely went over my head. And Why don't uh, you give it spirit fingers. No, that was uh, that was my uh, um, symbolism. symbolism. Willem Dafoe. Symbolism. Will- Willem Dafoe. It's symbolism. I just watched Bring It the On. Symbology. Too, so uh, I was thinking what the fucking what movie is that? It's not symbology. It's symbolism. Uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I didn't uh, know it. <laughs> deep cut. Deep cut. Also didn't age well. Anyway, um, were we on to my number three? Uh, no, no Steve's. Steve's. Steve's number two. Uh, again, mine aren't ranked. Uh, I, I your, your other movie. So I, <laughs> so I, I, I suggested this topic just because like that's the end of summer, right? And so I started doing research about like you know what do people consider summer movies? You know, looking for inspiration and kind of rejog my memory of like what movies are out there and whatever. And I, I was coming to uh, a problem where a lot of the movies that people consider summer movies. I have either only seen once many years ago and don't quite feel comfortable like speaking to them uh, as having favorites or I just didn't like them. So it was really weird. We're just so like now I'm kind of approaching the list of like, well, what movies do I think of when I think ah summer movie? Hmm. And, you know, this next one isn't even a movie, but I think it still kind of encapsulates what summer is. God damn it, Steve. It's it's Stranger Things season three. Summer Slam. (laughs) (laughs) It's the biggest party of the summer, baby. (laughs) No, it's Stranger Things season three. That's a good uh, one. Where, you know, it all, it takes place over the summer. But again, it goes back to this idea of, you know, reliving child. Cause like when you're an adult, all summer means is like, oh, I get to work still, but instead it's, it's hotter when gross. I'm leaving for work. Yeah. Like I was getting in my car today and my, my, the only thing I can think of while I left from the moment I left my house to when I got into my car, all I was thinking about was why the fuck do people like summer? This is miserable. I hate summer so much because <laughs> it's so gross where we live. It's, it's really hot, but also really humid. It's just nasty. The weather here is awful. It's terrible. Summer. There's maybe like what one week of summer where it's actually nice to be outside and then the rest of it just sucks. But so like, I was just getting pissy. Like I hate, this time of year, oh, that's stupid. We should talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think about like uh, Stranger Things, and it's just getting to see the kids and what they're doing. You know, I think that show is so great about you know kind of encapsulating what the '80s is like, and what kind of even though they're like tackling crazy sci-fi horror monsters and you know government agents and whatnot, they're the still new Pepsi and shit. Yeah, there's they're talking about new Pepsi and they're going to the mall and Isn't just new hanging Coke? out. It is new Coke. I, oh, I, Pepsi <laughs> Clear. Let it slide. I was thinking Pepsi Clear when you yeah. said that. Do you guys remember Pepsi Clear? That was Clear? also a thing. I remember uh, Berry Sprite. There was Pepsi, oh, yeah, Pepsi Blue as I well. I was at Lollapalooza Pepsi when that came out. Pepsi Blue was disgusting. <laughs> you heard it here on Soda Things. <laughs> <laughs> we should have an episode where we just talk about all the old fountain drinks. That <laughs> no more. Uh, but but you know what I mean? Like, they're, like riding your bike around town and going to the swimming pool. Like I can't ride a bike. 
You can't ride a bike. I never learned how to ride a bike. You never let me try to teach him. How are you just now finding this out? I didn't just now find this out. I just found this. Oh, out. <laughs> I've known it forever. I was a. Why over, have you kept this from me? <laughs> I was an overweight, high anxiety kid, and by the time you know, I'm riding around on training wheels, and now I'm seven, eight, and I'm fucking six feet tall. <laughs> so everybody's like, "Ha ha ha, fat fuck!" And I'm just like, oh, "I'm actually only seven. And they're like, "That's praise old still. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm just gonna go in now. I didn't want to come out here anyway. Thanks, mom." <laughs> and uh, go watch Men in Black or whatever I was doing. And uh, obviously then I'm 12, 13. I'm definitely not going to try to stumble around on a bike or whatever. And then, yeah, all of a sudden I'm fucking, I'm in jail. So. <laughs> he did ride a bike from one in my driveway to the other once. So what you're saying is if if streaming things had its own what if series, it would be what if Chris learned how to ride a bike? Would he have ever gotten to jail? Would he have? Yeah, I might he, have just lived a normal life. I don't would know. he have stopped Tokyo the Olympics and shit? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Lance Armstrong. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of shitty because like now as an adult, I'm, I'm like, it didn't matter from like 20 to 30 at all. But now I'm people bike now. I'm getting to the age where it's like I need to kind of put on a helmet again and go down a, a park trail, <laughs> and I can't. So uh, yeah. But anyway, go on. But yeah, I, I never, I never had that childhood. He really summer. thought that the segways were going to take off bigger than they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Stranger Things is mine. I don't know how much more we need to go into it. Well, Andy, uh, drop your last one on us. That's so, not going to be mine. Okay. Okay. Moonrise Kingdom. It's not. Okay, cool. <laughs> I knew that was going to be yours. I was really hoping for a fuck there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, another uh, period piece set in the 60s. Uh, stars the Wes Anderson people. The crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the it's, whole crew. It, it's the whole crew. And plus, kids. plus some kids. Yeah. Plus some kids. Uh, so it's about a young boy and girl that fall in love on this little island. Uh, he's there for summer camp. She lives there with her parents. Um, and it's kind of like about the uh, misunderstood children and trying to uh, rebel and escape from the man. In some ways, it's kind of like profoundly sad if you think, think about it, because they're on an island like their mission was doomed from the beginning. Um, but also like. I mean, the way the whole thing is presented, like obviously with Wes Anderson's eye for symmetry and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, it's very like just heartwarming and endearing and, you know, childlike and like the delivery, the, the, the way that they wrote it is so innocent. Um, and I think that despite like there is this kind of profound sadness of like it, it is in some ways like a, um, I don't know, think of like you know, an ant trying to battle a fucking human, you know what I mean? Like there's no escaping the world that, and the society that you think that you're trying to rebel from. You're just going on a little camping trip with your girlfriend. Yeah. But you know, I think that in some ways, like the, the way that it's presented, we kind of see that the, the grownups quote unquote, in this case, aren't that different from the kids and ultimately just try to protect them. And even in some ways try to preserve the rebellious parts of them. And I think in that way, uh, it's, uh, a really effective um, coming of age, not just coming of age story, but uh, coming to terms with age story. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom is just, it's, it's a gem. It's it wonderful. A gem. Also, uh, I was going back through looking at the cast list, very itty bitty baby uh, Lucas Hedges is in it. In addition to really? the, uh, the, the normal crew, baby Lucas Hedges. Yeah. He's just Isn't a bush. Bruce Willis in that too. Yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's, Edward like, Norton, that's like a one time Norman. But that's like the only time he's been in a Wes Anderson movie, right? Uh, Bruce Willis, I think I so. He yeah. maybe was. I've never seen his uh, stop mo stop animation one, so I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure that was before Bruce was like, you know, pay me like a million dollars and I'll work a day. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I don't give a shit. It's funny how we like people treated Nicolas Cage, how Bruce Willis actually is for the longest time. Like yeah. it turns out he's the douche. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, ever since he did that to Kevin Smith, I've always yeah, been like, that son of a bitch. Yeah, and, and his movies show for it. Like he he hasn't been in a good movie in what fifteen years? Long time. Uh, this yeah. came out in twenty twelve. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Steve, like, what's your last movie? Oh uh, well, my last movie. So this is the movie that I. This is the quintessential summer movie for me. It's not really a movie about summer, but when I think of summer movie, I watch this movie every year. Around this time of year. So around August, I always watch this movie. I'm due to watch it any day now. <laughs> I'm actually holding off on it because we have been potentially talking about maybe doing this movie for a bonus episode in the near future. So oh, I've kind of been holding off now. on it. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. I've talked about it a bunch before, but it is Jurassic Park. Three. <laughs> I love Jurassic Park 3. The kid uses pee to escape dinosaurs. It's great. No, uh, the first Jurassic Park, 1993. Damn, what a good year. <laughs> I was six years old when it came Damn out. It was shit. the first movie I went to see in the movie theaters that was rated PG-13. It was a big deal for me. It had fucking dinosaurs in it, and I was like a little six-year-old, so I was losing my goddamn mind watching it the whole time, even if I had to cover my eyes when the dinosaurs ate people because it was scary. <laughs> scary. And I remember a year later when I was seven, I forced myself to watch the one dinosaur eat the lawyer off the toilet, and I was so proud of myself. Like, yeah, I watched it. I didn't I'm look away. I'm a brave boy. I'm a brave boy. I'm going to just go, like the little toaster. I'm going to go I'm gonna go, go to sleep without a, not a light on tonight <laughs> keep this train rolling <laughs> uh but i don't know what it is it's something about that movie that i mean a it's a great movie and you know we've talked so much about it but like i guess you know they're in such a tropical state it's about dinosaurs it's one of the first uh experiences i had with a summer blockbuster within the context of summer blockbustery you know going to the mm -hmm. theater and watching it you know is that a word summer blockbustery yeah, it's a bustery <laughs> it's so bustery yeah it's 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 great i think um i'm fitting a bustery i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no jurassic park i i can't say anything more about it i mean do you guys is there a movie i know we've been talking about like movies that feel like summer but is there a movie that you think oh it's summertime gotta watch blank no no um yes her oh fuck andy you're a brave man it's spike jones movie yeah, he's a, somewhat of a, a sadist. Yeah, are you a glutton for punishment? Or is it a masochist? Yeah. Mass. Due to personal reasons, I don't really watch that movie anymore, but for a long time, yeah, that was a, a very summary movie. Something about the way it was shot, and I think like maybe it's like, like the shot in the Instagram filter. Kinda. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very like glowy in a yeah. way. And so yeah, I, I, I would watch that many, many summers for some reason. For summer know. reason. Summer reason. Summer reason. Chris? Yeah, I, I obviously have movies that I'm like prompted for ethereal reasons to turn on at some point, but I don't think there's any seasonal rhyme or reason to it. I'm not one of those types that like has to watch Christmas movies around Christmas or anything like that. It's um, not to get. Too I mean, you don't watch Christmas movies when it's not Christmas, right? Um, Other than Ted Lasso. I don't really particularly like them. So no Christmas um, vacation, at least though, right? No. Damn you. So here, I'm kind of the same with you in that regard. I so I think this is why, and not to like psychoanalyze myself, but holidays were we were very poor 
um, and had a weird, Andy knows my family dynamic was very strange for reasons I won't get into right now. It would take too long. So <clears throat> holidays specifically actually highlighted everything that my family lacked in a weird way, especially Christmas because yeah. it was a source of extreme financial stress for my dad. So he was very cantankerous around the holidays because he wasn't able to provide what he felt like he should be able to or what we deserved or whatever. So, um, so yeah, Thanksgiving, same. It wasn't like a big dinner or anything. If anything, I would like go to Andy's house and eat or something like that. So it was actually like really shitty around holidays. It was just all my friends were busy or like TV was taken over by fucking uh, Frosty the Snowman cartoons. We're watching a Christmas story for 24 hours straight. Yeah, I'm like, this is fucking bullshit, man. Where's Friday night stand up? You know, like, um, so anyway, yeah, I think maybe that's why there's no like nostalgia for that for me. Like I, I even struggle with it to this day. Like my wife's like, we gotta go do this and my cousin's house and we're going to this and we're going to my parents. And I'm like, no, we're fucking not. Yeah. I'm gonna sit here and watch fucking you know halloween yeah <laughs> h2o of all things you know like dude i feel you so much like it's only within the last like couple years where i've kind of opened up to the idea of like oh christmas can be fun because it was not fun for most of yeah. my life and um my wife's family they they're the family that have like the quintessential christmas traditions and you know uh, and within the last couple of years like they've allowed me to come over obviously because they're really friendly and they love, yeah. me, I love them and so like finally i've been able to be like oh yeah christmas is great because we're gonna go over to the murphy's and hang out but yeah. like Christmas in my family is usually like, we got a ham sandwich platter. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, okay. I'll see you guys in three months right. <laughs> or whenever Easter is. <laughs> yep. Same. <laughs> so my last film, that's why I knew Andy wouldn't pick it is Adventureland. Um, it's, it's, I knew you were going to pick this. I saw this online. Like people were bringing it up eventually. I'm like, Chris is 110% picking Adventureland as number one. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody knows I'm obsessed with Kristen Stewart. It's probably why Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> that awesome. uh, it's a 2009 American comedy drama. It's written and directed by Greg Matola, uh, who's a, a wonderful comedic talent. And it stars Jesse. It's a ton of people. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Stewart. Ryan Reynolds, Kristen Stewart, Kristen Wiig, <laughs> Bill Hader. Uh, I mean, it's just a ton of titans that I love very much. Andy, you said this, and now that I'm seeing the the thread, I think you're right. Like period piece ensembles, because mm -hmm. uh, it's set in the summer of 1987, uh, and they all kind of have this uh, existential bent to them. Where I think that's maybe why we identify with them so much. We love them so much because it's about you know, a younger generation really terrified of where things are going to go. They know who they don't want to be. They think um, they know who they want to be, but don't know how to get there. And the movie is usually a comedic tale of them kind of exploring their options and trying to come to terms with the unknown. And that's what this movie's about. You know, Jesse Eisenberg's character wants to travel the world and go backpacking, but he can't afford it. So he's got to get a summer job at this stupid rundown theme park. Um, and he meets an equally lost person named Emily played by Kristen Stewart. And it's a coworker. He immediately hits it off with. Um, it was pretty good critical reception. It's a really indie film. I absolutely love it. It's quirky. I watch it from time to time and mostly because of my obsession with Kristen Stewart. But uh, I think this movie is a, is a front runner for what we're talking about here. And if you guys haven't seen it in a while or have maybe never seen it ever, I highly recommend you check it out. I actually have never seen it. You should I, watch it. I was working at the movie theater when it came out and I remember thinking, yeah, like, I, think oh, you I, would kinda, like it. I would want to see that. 
never got a chance to. And then I completely forgot about it until today when I was doing the research. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wanted to see that. I never did. I should. Yeah, we should do a Patreon episode on it and watch it together. It's been a while. I for remember me. the corn dog debate. That was really funny. Yeah. Like sniffing them like, do you think just deep fry them or something? I don't remember. But. It's definitely your type of comedy, Steve. I think you would you would dig it. And it's got enough heart. Uh, to rope us in. So maybe we'll put that on the old uh, tablet for the future Patreons. We don't have a tablet. <laughs> we have a docket. I'm in it like Ten Commandments tablet, but and then I, I be, have like an iPad too. And I realized the nomenclature would be like, all right, that's a weird thing to do. But. Chris came on top of the mountain with the tablet. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that's why he takes his tablet up there. <laughs> what are you doing to those tablets? <laughs> Going to be alone with them for a minute. What's the Wi-Fi password up here? It's Sermon, capital S. The O's a zero. You forgot the R. <laughs> anyway, well, I think that wraps up our uh, Ode to Summer movie coverage. You guys think you got anything else you want to drop on us? No, I don't think so. I would just encourage the listener, if uh, you guys have a summer movie that you think of, when you mm. think of summer, please let us know. Yeah. Maybe we will. Maybe it's a movie that I haven't seen like Adventureland and we want to go catch it before the summer ends. Get weird with it. Send us, you know, even if it's something that like doesn't seem like summery at all. Like I just watch Nightmare Before Christmas every summer like explain it to us but drop it on us streaming things pod at gmail.com we've also been and this is maybe too much but we're kicking it around we know we change things a lot here but we've been consistent for about 32 weeks in a row now with this show we're in full swing we're not going anywhere but we want to make sure that we're having a great time and we're doing what you absolutely love to hear so when we did the lord of the rings patreon episode it was more like our streaming thing our stranger things coverage Uh, than anything we've done since pretty much. And so we're thinking, do we need to just pick a movie each week and watch it together and then just break it to the mind, break it down to minutia. Is that what our listeners enjoy the most? Um, More than the utility of telling you what's coming out soon and and this and that, if if that's true, then we would happy, we'd be happy to do that. It'd be almost easier for us. Yeah. Let us Um, know. Yeah. So write us in uh, at streamingthingspod at gmail.com and and give some feedback on that. We would love to hear it. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We love you all very much. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.